Hey, welcome back, everybody. I am David. And I'm John. And this is the Bible Unfiltered. Um, we had to skip out on a week. Uh, because of me. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure you can hear my voice. Uh, I lost it, and it's back. It's weak, but it's back. So. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, it's, getting, it's getting better, and then it, it fades, and then it gets better, and then it fades. It's, so <coughs> well, we're trying to... <clears throat> David and I spent spent a good portion talking before this, and so it was really good. And I was like, "Yeah, let's record." And then uh, I was like, "We just need to hit record and start going because it's 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 wavering." Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, so I'm gonna try to get through it. But David's David's probably gonna help me out. That's right. Um, so uh, where did we leave? We left off in verse ten. Verse ten. Yeah, we're at, we're on eleven, and I think we're gonna go um, eleven to fifteen. Yes. Yeah. Yes, because sixteen picks up and some other stuff that we'd like to, you know, take and focus on. Um. So yeah, I'll I'll let you rest your voice for a minute here and and read uh, from eleven to fifteen or six. Yeah, fifteen. Fifteen. Um. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often uh, intended to come to you, but thus far... Oh, I may need glasses. But thus far <laughs> have been uh, prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, so that I am eager to preach the gospel to you, you also who are in Rome. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> when when I read this at first, obviously um, the first thing that stuck out to me was, what is he talking about um, when he says, he longs to see them that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Um, <clears throat> and you and I talked about this. We've been talking about this for several weeks probably. Um, but... That's that's kind of why we went eleven to to fifteen, because th- the context is there and it it dictates that. So, what we've seen is that Paul is under obligation by Jesus. Okay, he appeared to him personally. He's under obligation to preach the gospel, um, and he's to do that wherever he goes, and that's all he's doing. He's preaching this this message that was revealed in time, um, and it's interesting. That, that Paul views the gospel as a spiritual gift. Because he says, he says, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. Um, and then he, he views that as mutual encouragement um, by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And Paul obviously knows that he's going to a Christian church. I mean, these people are Christians there. <clears throat> now, maybe not everyone is, but there's got to be people that are Christians there. Their faith is pro- proclaimed throughout the world. <clears throat> so, you know, I think that's I think that's interesting um, because then at, at 15 he says what he's doing. He's I'm eager to preach the gospel to yep. you also who are in Rome. Like that's what he's going to do, and he he views that as encouragement. Um, and I think that's important because I think, especially for me, I didn't know until I started reading these things um, the importance of. Like, we don't just meet in church just because that's what we do. Uh, but there's a purpose for that. Like, we're we're mutually 
excuse me, we're mutually encouraging each other. Um, and, and there seems to be some sort of biblical mandate, like where's the verse where it says, do not forsake the gathering um, of of yourselves. I'm butchering that. Yeah, yeah. Because I didn't. I just literally thought of that on the top. That's what happens. We start <laughs> recording. We talk about this. You know, we spend the week, and then and then before we talk about it, we're like, oh yeah, we got it. And then we start recording, and it's like everything starts coming to your brain. But that's just the Holy Spirit bringing to remember the Holy man. Spirit. That's, there that's you what go. It is. Yeah. Um. But but there seems to be a bi- a biblical mandate um, that if you're a Christian and you should be meeting with other Christians. Um, you know, and that's getting more and more, I don't guess I'd say offensive, but, um, people are attacking that more and more with COVID and stuff. And it's, it's calmed down a lot. Uh, but we saw that in California, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that, that, that you need to just throw caution to the wind. I think a lot of those shutdowns, they were smart, um, because some people do have real issues and had real issues with this and, and we can't throw the blanket statement. Um, but I read comments on YouTube, um, under stuff and Facebook and, and there are these people that are Christians and they say, this is why I don't go to church. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, man, that's not good. Like yeah. we, we should try to find a way to fellowship with other people. Um, try to find a way to talk because it's not, it's not just for us. It's for other people, but it is for us. We're, we're mutually encouraging uh, each other. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, just, I guess, to be a little topical, you know, uh, talking about COVID, at least uh, as of right now, uh, April 2021, you know, there's still quite a few places that are on lockdown, and it's more acceptable to be on lockdown, at, at least in the United States. Um, I know in Canada... They're pretty much under house arrest in most of Canada, and there's a pastor who just got out of jail for trying to keep his church open. And, uh, yeah, it's... I think there's another discussion to be had where... and That'd probably be an interesting topic for another time, but just to talk about a little bit, just at what point do we say, okay, it's acceptable to quit meeting together. And I would say just in general, Christians meeting together, you know, it's not, we're supposed to be getting together in a building. Maybe we need to, maybe we need to reformulate, (laughs) rethink about how we do church then when the government starts to move in or whomever, like over in China, you know, they're, they're not really able to meet in churches. So they have to have an underground and that could be here one day. But you know, for right now we're relatively blessed to be able to meet in a building altogether. But then it's like, if we're meeting in a building, are we making sure we're unified or are we just showing up on Sunday? Right. And that seems to be kind of what Paul's goal is. It's not just, hey, get together in a in one place and then don't see each other again until Sunday or Wednesday. But it's like, no, do life together. Like, actually be unified when you get together. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, since I brought it up, I wanted to find it. It's Hebrews ten twenty five, <clears throat> But I'm going to start at 24. Um, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Um, so, yeah, we just we want to keep that in mind because that's that's become 
more and more prevalent with, you know, this is distance from other people. And, you know, we're, we agree with, with that to a point. Right. Um, but, but yeah, there's a point where, um, if you have a conviction on it, you have to say, no, that's what I want to do. And if you're convicted to, to, to not, you know, meet for a certain period of time, then fine, do that. Um, but we want to be smart about these things, um, you know, in, 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 in the world and in a biblical sense, as we're looking at, at, at situations that arise and we just want to say, you know, how should we handle this? Um, cause just because it's what everyone else says, you know, you should do does not mean, um, that it lines up with God's word. In fact, it's, more times than not going to be the exact opposite. So, and there's always a creative workaround. I think, like like in China, you know they they know they have their even though the government would probably execute you or throw you in jail if you met together, they still find ways to to get together. So here in America, where we have freedom, like I think it's perfectly plausible to be able to still include people who have to be socially distanced in some way. Like even that means. Okay, me and grandma have to, you know, have a window in between me and her. I'm still going to be at least as close as I can be so that she doesn't, you know, she's not alone, you know. So uh, there's a lot of Christians who I feel became alienated during the uh, during COVID. And, you know, some of that, you know, is fear based and some of that is legitimate. You know, like some people like if they catch COVID, they're going to die. That's as simple as that. Right. So, you know, how do we minister to those people? And how do we minister to the ones who are afraid? You know, yeah. we, we can't just poo-poo everyone just because they're afraid. Yeah. You know, like it's... Well, I, I, yeah. I found it interesting um, because there's people that, that literally, um, like you said, if they catch COVID, you know, it, it could possibly kill them, and it probably would. And those same people are the same people that, that are also very cautious around flu season. Yeah. But because this has all been politicized, um, there's a certain narrative surrounding that and you're scared of COVID. You know, it's like, well, yeah, to some extent, I guess I probably am because what I have going on in my body is not what you have going on in your body. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to worry about the ramifications or, you know, the consequences of, of these actions. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, everyone has their own personal convictions, but as a whole, um, we should try to find ways that, that we're still meeting together in, in safe ways, you know, and, and we want to be respectful of our governments. <clears throat> we don't want to be anarchist and, you know, just say caution to the wind. Um, but we just want to have a biblically balanced understanding. And that's, that's really honestly where this podcast even came from is David and I listening to people that, that have a biblically balanced viewpoint yeah. on the world. And we just wanted to, to, to try to be one of those voices, you know, to just look at at a situation and maybe, um, you know, maybe your theology or, or your group, your camp that you're in, um, you know, has always interpreted it this way, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And we just want to be like, well, let's read it. Let's put all those aside and just look and see what it says and just, you know, let it say what it says. Well, that's like in, uh, you know, speaking of interpretation, you know, in verse... Uh, 11, you know, it says, for I long to see you that I may impart some sort of, uh, some spiritual gift to strengthen you. And if you don't read on ahead, you can think he's talking about imparting, you know, the big 
S- the spiritual the, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the spiritual you know the sg you know like yeah. <laughs> the ogs the ogs but the spirit is spiritual gifts yeah, i yeah. see what you did there yeah, yeah. sometimes i'm clever <laughs> but, <laughs> well sometimes you're probably more clever than you think but people don't catch it because i almost missed oh, it yeah so who's really the clever one yeah uh, you're always the clever one no <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah i know well um I read this verse a long time ago, and I, I had my understanding on it was none. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> like, "Oh, what does that mean?" You know, and I had an idea what I thought that it meant. Um, but understanding that the context controls how you interpret, <clears throat> then, like I said, you read on and you and you see what he's talking about, and and obviously he's just talking about sharing the gospel with them, and and the mutual encouragement. And, and, and so I think that that's a good segue, uh, to move on just a little bit. Um, um, so I do not want you to be unaware brothers that I've often intended to come to you, but thus far I've been prevented in order that I may reap some harvest among you as well as the rest of the Gentiles. So, um, I've got the, I got the ESV study Bible here and I just wanted to read this because I thought that it was, I thought that it was interesting. Um, that, so I, I just read 13 there, and, and this is the, the note for 13. It says, Paul's ministry is like bringing ripened crops as a gift to God. Hmm. Paul neither planted nor watered the church at Rome, but its increased maturity and obedience would be a harvest nonetheless. nonetheless. <clears throat> and so I read that, and I'm like, man, you know, we're... I, I immediately think of Jesus when he when he says, you know, go into the fields and, and, and harvest. And I think we've either you and I talked about this personally or we talked about it on the podcast. I, I lose count. Um, but it's interesting because the apostles didn't plant those fields. They didn't sow the seed. Right. But they reaped the harvest. And I think we did talk about this on last episode where, you know, just because God calls you to do something doesn't mean it's going to be successful. You may not be the person to reap the harvest. You may be the planter, <clears throat> but that is just as important because if you don't plant the seed, then you don't have the growth. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have the growth, you don't have the plant that, that blossoms, you can't have a harvest. Um, so uh, this is just human nature. We have a tendency to prop up things that we think are more important. You know, it's like, well, you know, this person that goes over here and has this ministry that does this, this is, that's it. That's what we should all be doing. It's like, no, like. We're a body for a reason. Yeah. Different people have different gifts, and they serve God differently. What what you glorify and put on a pedestal, man, it's it still may be great, but it may not be for you. Yeah. Um, and so, I, I I feel strongly about that because maybe maybe just because of of my own life and how I've had, I think we've all had a tendency um, to to do that to to put people in ministries on a pedestal. <clears throat> And, and we don't think critically, you know, about, yeah, they're reaping the harvest, but someone planted that. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting and, and it's comforting, you know, because um, there was also another video that we talked about was um, good works. You yeah. Know, and I think maybe that ties into this, like, you don't have to go out. Like, you can, if God calls you to it and you're a missionary, fine, go do that. that that's awesome. That's, that's a great calling. But what if what if your calling is is where you're at you know and and just because that's your calling now 
that doesn't mean that God can't change that. You know, we think, oh, well, just call to be a missionary. I'll be the missionary. I'll be a missionary the rest of my life. Well, where does it say that? You know, for the apostles, they were <laughs> missionaries for the rest of their lives because they didn't live very long. <clears throat> but we, we live in a different different world, different society now. Yeah. So anyway, I just think that that's really interesting. You know, he's 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 reaping a harvest. And in the same way that, that the apostles didn't plant um, the harvest that they reaped with the gospel, neither did Paul. Um, and, and when I say apostles, obviously Paul's an apostle. I'm talking about the apostles that were with Jesus during his ministry. Um, but neither did Paul. He didn't. He had nothing to do with it, but he's going to come through and he prays to God that he's going to reap a harvest um, through it. Yeah, that's good. And uh, just Paul's passion for people. Again, we've talked about this before, but, you know, I think it's something that's really missing from the church at large right now is a passion for people in general. I think, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, Well, in my own, um, uh, not interpretation, but just looking at these things, people a lot of times in the church are just viewed as a number. Yeah. You know, especially by, by people that, like we talked about, they gauge success in numbers. Yeah. Um, and that's not, I mean, even biblically, we can't take that as, as a marker. Cause even, even the, I don't, once again, here it goes again. I don't remember the passage, but it's, when Jesus is, is saying something and most of them went away from him and he was only left with a fraction of the people that followed him because I think that's when they said, well, Jesus, this is a hard saying. <laughs> like This is hard yeah. to swallow. It's like, yeah. And, and, and we see that time and time again, the, the, um, um, the, it's a narrow gate to, to everlasting life and not many are going to go through it. So numbers are, are not the marker, you know, and we have to, we have to quit thinking about that. Um, we we want to reach the numbers, but our success is not in the numbers. It's it's in the it, you know I guess you could sum it up as quant- quality rather than quantity. You want to reach the quantity, but you care about the quality. Yes, because um, you'd rather have you'd rather have five real Christians than a thousand lukewarm Christians. Yeah, I, I, that reminds me of a I crap I can't remember who it was, but. They were criticizing Billy Graham, which, which is you know, as Christians we don't like to do because we like to put him on this pedestal. But he made a good point. Billy Graham specialized in making converts. Jesus called us to make disciples. Yeah. So again, it's that quantity over quality. It's like okay, someone prayed a prayer, you know, uh, on a on a baseball field one day when Billy Graham showed up, and that's great, but. Did that mean anything to them, or were they swept up with the emotions? Did they connect with a church right. where they could be unified and, uh, you know, and grow <coughs> and know and know Christ in a deeper level? And, um, you know, I used to hold the uh, the point of view where it's like, well, I'll I'll preach the gospel and I'll leave the uh, the results in God's hands, which right. to an extent is true. But then that's that also be like, you know, shave, uh, saving a sheep, but then leaving it for the wolves to get after you just saved it, right? You know, so there's there's still work to do after, like yeah, saving a sheep, taking it back to your house, and then not having a fence to put it in, right? <laughs> it's it like, like well, I hope you stay around here, but <laughs> good luck, <laughs> yeah, good luck, uh, yeah. So 
I can appreciate large numbers, but if all those numbers fall away within a year, within 10 years, right. you know, and growing up in the, in the church setting. That's what happens. Yeah, most of my friends of yeah. are all atheists now that I grew up with. They've left the church or, or, they're, <clears throat> or they're lukewarm, barely Christian at all. And, you know, I was there for a lot of them getting saved. Um, well, I was praying the prayer. And they they didn't dedicate their lives to anything after that. Yeah. So we've got to get my dad in here because we've yes even before this recording this episode, you and I were we were we briefly talked about the sinner's prayer, and that's that's one of the things that that he he really cares about um, yeah. because it's not the prayer that saves you, um, but it's just maybe a good summarization of of what you're saying. Right. You know, so much of the time we're especially in our Western culture, we're focused on the here and now, but Christianity is the long game. Yeah. You know, you're playing the waiting game of either Jesus comes back now or you die. Yeah. You know, either you see it in your lifetime or you die and you don't get the results that you want now. Um, And so it's not the prayer. It should be, you know, who you're praying to. Um, and, And I think we've talked about that a little bit, probably already on the podcast that, you know, your 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 prayers don't really do anything to your praying too, and, yeah. and that's that's what's really important because God can do anything. Yeah, yeah, I I can pray all day long to a piece of wood, but it's not my words are going to do anything. It's you know, if I that can... wood had you know surpassing powers to create the world, right. then <laughs> then okay. But then you're just describing God and you're attributing him to a piece of wood. So. Yeah, which. Probably a little insulting. <laughs> Very insulting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That makes me think of that show. I can't remember. Um, it wasn't... Oh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. You <laughs> the remember kid Plank? with the wood. Yeah, yeah, he was Plank. I don't know why, but that just came in... Maybe that's the Holy Spirit, but... Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> I'll call into remembrance all those cartoons that you forgot. <laughs> that was a stupid show. I don't think that's one the Holy Spirit would endorse. <laughs> I don't either. There was a lot of stuff on Cartoon Network that was really stupid. Um uh, Courage, the Cowardly Dog. That was a weird... Did you ever watch that? Yeah, it gave me nightmares. It, yeah, it scared me too. It was a really weird show. I can't believe they let kids watch that stuff. I know. The 90s, man. They were a different era. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, here, you can... We're going to come out with all these movies and shows. and Anyways, that's probably what's wrong with us today. That's right. We've watched all those <clears throat> demonic cartoons. Um, but then, so... We've gotten through, yeah, 13, um, 14, uh, and we're going to go 14, 15 probably. I'm under obligation both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. So I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. So, man. I like how he says that he is under obligation, and then he, he says to... Greeks and barbarians, yeah, and the wise or the the wise and the foolish, you know, because like already the the Gentiles would be a group that the Jews don't consider worthy of salvation, but now you throw in the barbarians and you're thinking about people who are just you know savage, yeah, outside know. of the the Greco Roman culture, yeah. So now the people that everyone hates, <laughs> and then uh, you know the wise. 
and the foolish. So it's the people that will that will hear the wise people, and the foolish people, even the people who will ultimately reject the gospel, we still have an obligation to preach to those people. Yeah. So even if you think, you know, you're, you're whoever you're preaching to is going to be receptive or not, you have an obligation to tell them, you know, about Jesus and how they need to repent. If, uh, <clears throat> You know, it's like if your neighbor's house was on fire, you know, whether they were a good person or a bad person, you'd still not want them to be sitting inside their house burning to death. Yeah. Um, and or whether they were going to ultimately, I mean, I guess it'd be more like this. If you had a a neighbor who was perfectly fine with sitting in his house burning because he was that ignorant, um, you still have an obligation to at least try and well, save and- them. And and we're not God. We don't know. Right. You don't know that that you couldn't change that person's mind. It could all be up front. Yeah. For all you know. Yeah. And and maybe you reaching out is is the final straw. Um, and if we if we just say, oh, you know, I'm gonna throw my hands up and and whatever, then well, how do you know that yeah. that they're not gonna accept it? Well, they haven't accepted it for the past twenty years. Every person has their breaking point. You don't know what people are going through. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's a really good analogy. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways, that's it's probably every time I think that it's a little bit of a shorter episode, <laughs> there I said, "Hey, I said episode, not video." Good job. Good job. Literally right before we started recording, um I messed up again, but it wasn't on recording, so So it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Um but yeah, they're 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 always the same the the, the same length even when I'm like, "Oh, it's a little bit shorter." No, it's still 25 minutes, but <clears throat> Anyways, thanks, guys. Um, sorry that, that we missed last week. And I was hoping that during the week, this last week, we could have recorded this. But this is, I mean, this is literally Saturday. We're going to upload it tomorrow. And um, I've just now gotten to the point where uh, you can probably hear me and it doesn't sound terrible to listen to. So uh, next week, we're going to start at 16. And I'm excited about verse 16 um, because I have one tattoo. And it's <laughs> it's based on Romans one sixteen. So. See, now that you said tattoo, there's a whole lot of people going, "Oh, he's not a real Christian." And they just <laughs> stop listening. Well, I mean, you know, I guess you can have your own your own convictions. Um, I, th- some could make the point and say that that there's a possibility that I I got the tattoo when I probably wasn't a real Christian. So, yeah, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> um, but anyways, we'll we'll see you guys next week, and uh, thanks for listening. See y'all later. <laughs>